Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. Again, my name is John Keely, still joined in studio here by Shane Ambrose. And uh, Shane, um, I know this is Mission Sony, but just prior to that, um, our Pope has been busy again. Mm. But, but actually, John, just one small thing just before we get on to that. Mm. Uh, just, we were talking about the Ordo earlier in the yeah. programme, just mm. in case people are kind of wondering, because we're looking at the calendar. Ash Wednesday, a very easy day to remember, 1st of March. Okay. Okay. Right. Which means Easter is going to be the 16th of April. Okay. So Easter is late this year, just in case people are wondering. Anyway, you were saying about Pope Francis and being busy. Yeah, trying to keep up with this 78-year-old is a full-time job, I have to be honest. <laughs> now, I know he's got a, you know the career behind him and all the rest of it, but he still is a busy guy. Like, this week he was out visiting um, for the for the for the jubilee year of mercy every Friday he's been out doing something mm. so he's visited prisons he's visited family uh, old people's homes and such so on and so forth so this week he visited um, a home for children in Rome for children who have been pretty much abandoned by their families <coughs> so mm-hmm. that's what he was visiting this week but he also has been busy kind of on the more formal side of things there has been a papal visit to Georgia and Azerbaijan blah 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 all that stuff has been on and then of course we have the internal governance of the church now you might remember our cardinals the hingemen as they're called mm-hmm. guys in red the funny yeah. the guys in the funny red crow clothes yeah, those yeah, ones yeah they're the guys so Pope Francis has um appointed or will appoint 17 new members to the College of Cardinals. Now, the College of Cardinals is those that elect the Pope and govern the church during the Sede Vacante when the Pope is dead or retired, uh-huh. <coughs> as we now have. And uh, currently, there can only be a maximum of 120 electors. Now, the number is over that in terms of the entire College of Cardinals, but only those under 80 can actually vote. Yeah. And the, currently, the voting number of Cardinals is 110. <clears throat> now, the Pope has appointed 17 new Cardinals. Now, the first four are what we call honorary hats. So these are people that are already over 80 and so will not take part in the next conclave. So we have one from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, one from uh, one Italian, one from Lesotho, and also one from Albania. Now, the guy from Albania is an interesting one because he wasn't a bishop or an archbishop. He was an ordinary padre. He was Father Ernest Simoni. And one of the reasons why we're highlighting him is he was the Albanian priest that shared his story of persecution under the communists in Albania when Pope Francis visited Albania last year. And Pope Francis was greatly moved by his account of his faith and perseverance. So he has been uh, awarded or rewarded with a red hat. So he's going to be known as Cardinal Ernesto Simoni. He spent years, didn't he, in prison? Uh, it was years in solitary confinement, mm-hmm. forced education camps and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the other, the, 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 the boys that are going to have the, the actual votes, there's 13 of them. So we have the Apostolic Nuncio in Syria. Uh, then we have uh, the Archbishop of Bangui, which is in the Central African Republic. Pope Francis visited there last year. We have the Archbishop of Madrid, which would be a traditional cardinal seal seat even. Archbishop of uh, Brasilia. Chicago got a got a tap, which is an interesting one. We'll come back to that in a second. Archbishop of Dhaka, for people who are not sure of where their cities are, that's in Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. The Archbishop of, Venez- of uh, Meridia in Venezuela. <coughs> the Archbishop of Brussels, which is an interesting one as well from a European point of view in terms yeah. of the politics of the church. Then we move on. There was Mauritius. There was Mexico. Now, it's interesting. The Archbishop that's been made a cardinal in Mexico, I cannot pronounce the name of his diocese. Don't ask me. There's L's and T's in places which they should not be. But it's an unusual one. It's off on the periphery. It's Mm. one of these areas which is badly affected by the drug war. So it's an interesting, again, Francis going out to the periphery. Uh, Then we have uh, Papua New Guinea. And the interesting one, Archbishop Joe Tobin, Joseph Tobin of Indianapolis in the US. Now, it's interesting. I've actually met this guy. He's a six foot five, six foot six giant. 
uh, because he was the former uh, head of the Redemptorist Order. So the fathers in Mount Saint Alphonsus. So I met him one time when he was in Mount Saint Alphonsus. He had been appointed. He had been uh, secretary for the Congregation of Clergy in the in the in the Vatican. He had looked after the whole investigation into the U.S. nuns before he was appointed to Indianapolis. But we were looking for the Irish connection. We always Uh, look for uh, an uh, Irish connection. Of course, you found one. Of course, we found one. Recently, Pope Francis has appointed the. Bishop of Dallas as the prefect of the dicastery for laity, family, and life. Now, what does that mean in English? Okay. It means he's basically appointed him to the ministry for family. <laughs> That's oh, what right. it boils okay. out to. That sounds good. Right? Anyway. Which, you know, because in Rome, in the Korea, they're called dicasteries. But anyway, Bishop uh, Kevin Farrell is a man from Drimna in Dublin. Uh. So there's the Irish connection. And it's interesting, actually, because he joins his brother, Brian, who is also a bishop currently serving in the Korea and Rome. Now, Brian is actually an order priest. He's a member of the Legionaries of Christ. And his brother, Brian, is on the Pontifical Council for Promoting Christian Unity. And he has been in Rome for quite a number of years. So it's interesting. So the two brothers are going to be working in Rome. And it brings to number, it brings to three the number of Irish bishops or Irish men serving as bishops in the Korea and Rome. The other one, of course, is Paul Teig, who, or Teig, I think is how you pronounce his name, who is in the, he's a secretary for the Pontifical Council for Culture. So they are the three kind of Irish connections we have in Rome. And it's interesting, actually, all of them are from Dublin, which I thought was kind of a bit unusual in some Mm -hmm. respects, you know. And of course, there's the ongoing debate whether or not Dimbert Martin is going to be recalled to Rome at any stage. Mm. So there are there are the cardinals. Very good. Yeah. Okay. So. So, uh, so you know, just to finish off that, mm. the the Italian influence is is beginning to wane yes, a little bit. Yes, in terms now? of numbers, in terms of the in terms of the con- in terms of the College of Cardinals, the European influence is very much being dilated, diluted. Francis mm. is very much reaching out to Oceania, to Africa, and South America, balancing. And some people would say it's a more reflective of the actual numbers of Catholics in yeah, the world, because okay. two thirds of most Catholics are in Africa, uh, Asia, and and South America at this stage. So it's a rebalancing of the College of Cardinals. The Italian Italians still have the largest single block still currently within the college, but they're dying out or they're being aged out because they're going over 80. Uh, the Americans still have uh, quite a sizable block as well, but um, all those numbers are, are coming down. Now, the American appointments are interesting, actually, because Francis is very much going to the peripheries. So there are traditional cities mm. who would have been used to having a cardinal. Yeah. So, for example, Venice, mm. Venice and mm. Italy, because we've got, two, we've got mm. a number of popes, pa- yeah. John XXIII and Paul VI were yeah. both patriarchs mm. of Venice. Mm. Uh, which, was the, which was the title given to the Cardinal of Venice. Venice still doesn't have a, a red hat at currently. Another one would have been Philadelphia in the US, which is um, uh, Chaput, Archbishop Chaput. Oh, yeah. uh, mm. And it would have been expected that he would have been given one. Los Angeles is another one that still hasn't been given a red hat, which is kind of interesting. Bringing it closer to home, of course, we have the whole question about our, our, our man, Dublin. Mm. Currently, the Cardinals in our, for Ireland are, Car- are Cardinal Desmond Connell, and, of course, Cardinal Sean Brady. Mm. Obviously, Desmond Connell is over 80, so he no longer votes and he's not in good health, so he won't be attending any conclave in the near future. Sean Brady, of course, is still... Uh, he's 76, I think. Okay. And, of course, he's in relatively good health, so he's still the Cardinal Elector for Ireland. Uh, so until such time as he gets to 80, it's unlikely that we will get a red hat here. But I suppose the thing, uh, the, the thinking is uh, that some of us might have is that as issues come up to be discussed within the church, and this new balance of power, for want of a better word, a balance of influence starts to shift. Mm. That, 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 that some of the some of the 
I wouldn't say the thinking, but, uh, but maybe some of the reflections that come out of that meeting will be a little d- bit different than what they were in the past. In the past, they were more maybe European influence than one could say modern sort of thinking. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Plus, as well as that, Francis has also restored the more traditional roles of the cardinals as advisors to the Pope as yeah. well, mm. because there is what we call the C9. This is this Council of Nine Cardinals that meets five mm. or six times a year and are helping Francis draw up the reform of the Roman Curia. So it's, it's an interesting one as well just to see kind of the turns and, and roundabouts as they come. Yeah, Francis has reached out to the peripheries. There's pros and cons to that, of course, because, you know, if you're flying all the way from, you know, somewhere in the middle of the Pacific to yeah. Rome for a mm-hmm. meeting, it's going to cost you a small bit, in, you know, for that for that man and his diocese. So, um, because one of the roles of the cardinals is they sit on the various councils and yeah, so okay. on and so forth that advise and the congregations that advise the Pope. So there's pros and cons to it. But as you said, it brings a greater diversity to the conclave when it will eventually mm-hmm. Which leads us nicely into today's subject of Mission Sunday. Indeed, it does. Mm. Today is Mission Sunday, so it is the nineteen. What is nineteen twenty-six? I'm missing my numbers. Is the ninetieth? Uh, yeah, ninetieth anniversary. Yes, ninetieth. No, okay. Ninetieth Mission Sunday. Sorry, folks, I lost my numbers there a mm-hmm. second. So, uh, since nineteen twenty-six, the church has traditionally remembered its universal mission during the month of October, and this has generally culminated with the celebration of Mission Sunday, which is celebrated globally this year on the twenty-third of October. For those of you that might be a small bit confused, some parishes had the collection for Mission Sunday last weekend. There was mm-hmm. a huge degree of confusion across various calendars. So even between the Ordo and the various calendars that we have, there was a conflict because the understanding is that it is the penultimate Sunday in October would be the Sunday that uh, you have Mission Sunday on. The other way of looking at the penultimate Sunday is the third Sunday in October. But unfortunately, this year in October, we actually have five Sundays. So things got a bit confusing for people. Anyway, neither here nor there. But anyway, today is the day for celebrating. And the theme this year is Every Christian is a Missionary. So it's an interesting one. Um, You know, obviously it reflects on our universal call to to, to mission for all of the baptised and how we are invited to contribute and support the development and growth of young churches internationally. As someone who's worked in Africa, and particularly in my time in Uganda, the influence and the support received from the world, uh, from the Mission Sunday collections, is very, very visible. I remember we were in Uganda, and at the time, when I was in Uganda, we received funding from a diocese in Spain for their Mission Sunday collection, and we were able to use that to complete the construction of a new parish church and some outstations um, in, 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 in the diocese that I was working in at the time. So it's very, it very much does. It goes, mm. it goes from, say, from the Irish church, it will go to Rome, to the, the the department in the Vatican called Propaganda Fide, and Propaganda Fide then distributes it out. No fees, no charges, all the rest of it goes straight out to where it's supposed to go. Thanks. And it's interesting, actually, in October 2015, Irish Catholics contributed more than 1.7 million last year on Mission Sunday. So that was very generous contribution. So this year, Mission Sunday is obviously celebrating every church worldwide, including in the poorest. So uh, even the African churches themselves will contribute and, mm. you know, sometimes right. it'll pass around between di- okay. countries as well. And it gives us an opportunity to unite with, you know, particularly those that are on the missions overseas, be they priests, sisters, lay faithful, and, you know, in, in terms of supporting them to bring the joy of the gospel to everyone. Um, now, we're, uh, we're asked to be very conscious of it in terms of prayer, sacrifice, and financial contribution where possible. Um, and it's just interesting, you know, that's, you know, we celebrate the work on Mission Sunday in a particular way. We celebrate the work of around 
1,300 Irish-born missionaries that are still active in the mission fields. Now, that's down from the highs of around 7,000 that we had at one stage, but they're still an important part Mm. of who we are as a people, as a country. You know, their families are still around with us. I myself, you know, and our family, we have four you know, mm-hmm. that are still on the mission. Mm-hmm. So for us, Mission Sunday is an important day as well to commemorate and remember and to join in prayer and support for all of our missionaries, um, you know, and at in particular time. Now, the team, as we said this year, set by Pope Francis is Every Christian is a Missionary. And in the message for Mission Sunday, which Pope Francis has given out, he links the whole idea of being a missionary church and the year of mercy as reminding us that those of us that are called as Christians to be missionary, we are witnesses for mercy. Mm. So, you know, it's it invites us to consider, you know, the going out to the world is a great act of mercy to tell them about the love of God. Mm. And, you know, and also to provide in terms of reaching out materially as well. So we're invited to go out as disciples, offering our talents, our creativity, our wisdom, our experience uh, to bring kind of out bring out God's tenderness and his compassion for the entire human family. And, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, Pope Francis reminds us that we are commissioned to announce the mercy of God, the beating heart of the gospel. And we are required, we are required to proclaim that mercy in every corner of the world to both young and old. And it's an interesting one. The message, the message that Pope Francis gives it from Mission Sunday, it gives a nice reflection on mercy, on what mercy means and kind of how it finds its most, the way he puts it, its most noble and complete expression in the incarnate world, which is Jesus, because Jesus reveals to us the face of the Father who is rich in mercy. Mm, mm. Um, he goes on then to talk about, you know, the, 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 how we reach out and the those that reach out. And he gives a special consideration to the considerable and growing presence of women in the missionary world, working alongside their male counterparts, which is a real sign of God's maternal love. And he makes the point that women and families often more adequately understand people's problems, know how to deal with them in an appropriate and at times a fresh way. Well, that's true. Yeah, well, that is true, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so that it's an interesting one, and it's just he reminds us that missionaries know from experience that the gospel of forgiveness and mercy can bring great joy, reconciliation, justice, and peace, which is very interesting because more often than not, what we find with a lot of our missionaries is, you know, you cannot, and this particularly comes out of Populero Progressio, which was the encyclical of Pope Paul VI, you cannot preach the gospel to someone who's hungry. You know, so a lot. What we find is a lot of our missionaries are involved with social justice in terms of building up the communities that they're involved, providing basic education, providing basic uh, medical supports as well, and that whole thing that you know, preaching and sharing the gospel message isn't just literally confined to the walls of the church, but is going out and showing the love of God as expressed through ourselves, and that is what Mission Sunday is about. It's not just about necessarily preaching the word of God; it's also supporting those that are the you know, in, in ranked in society in terms of poverty. And each Christian and every community has to find the path, the word that Francis uses, must discern the path that the Lord points out. But all of us are asked to obey his call to go forth from our own comfort zone yeah. in order to reach all the peripheries in need of the light of the gospel. And that's kind of the reminder, I suppose, that we're called to come out of our comfort zones. Now, that comfort zone doesn't necessarily mean, I, you know, the entire population of Ireland has to get on a plane and travel around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, our comfort zone may reach out to the margins around us somehow, mm-hmm. here at home, in our communities, in our own parishes, maybe in our own families as well. Shane, thank you so much for that. 
Now, at this stage, we might take a break yeah, no and hassle. go for our second piece of music. And maybe this one, as we listen to this one, listen to the words of this one, we might just reflect maybe on the thoughts that Shane shared with us. This one is from John Michael Talbot and it's entitled I Surrender St. Teresa's Prayer. So listen to this.
now but yours No hands, no feet on earth but yours Yours are the eyes through which he looks Compassion on this world Yours are the feet with which he walks Sacred Space 